to Alvin Dufier from Cecil. That's me for the mug. Regarding the infirmary at Fort Mug. Dear sir, I have to report that there's been a little bit of an incident for the mug. There are a number of Hutton truckers currently recuperating in your ever so lovely facility at Fort Mug. It's much better these days now that people actually visit it. Someone's even bought us a pot plant for the corner, and the plumbing's now attached quite properly. Anyway, for the mug. We had an evening off. I'm still here, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. I've lost Mindwipe again. I think he's gone to discover himself. Or Beagle Point. Actually, that can't be right. Someone already discovered that. Or should I say, built it. Maybe it's an Argoid homeworld. What he's discovering, that is. Not himself, or Beagle Point. That would be confusing. Hang on, my glass is empty. That's better for the mug. Anyway, we had a day off and King Hanky brought us a new game he discovered in one of the cupboards. It's called Cards Against Hutton. I had no idea the Hanky was that dirty. Well, Commander Psycho Cow for the mug. You know him, the one with the dirty cowhide on his ship, had brought out the pillbox and sign roof for a little relaxation. And so we were all playing. That's quite important, you know. It wasn't just me, it was them too. As I said, we were playing this game when a certain question was asked. And, aha! I thought, I know how to win this round. So I played with Lael's Ginger Minge. That's when it went wrong. I think Psycho Cow gave himself a hernia for the mug. <sighs> and I'm sure that I've never seen Centauri Megagin uh, for the mug in a mug having been drunk, come out of someone's nose. The tech monkey may have damaged something doing that. Pillbox soiled his flight suit. Fort Mug's nurses were very understanding 
especially after they read the cards. Anyway, this is just to say that on second thoughts, I'd rather the exact cause didn't get back to Hutton, as Lael might take it the wrong way. Thank goodness I didn't play the one about you, Amintrude, and the sausages. And for the mug, lots of love, me. In a room at the heart of the orbital, a group of friends gather quietly to remember one of their own. Borrowing words from Carl Sagan, one voice cuts through the silence. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, Inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there, on a moat of dust, suspended in a sunbeam. The world is so exquisite, with so much love and moral depth, that there is no reason to deceive ourselves with pretty stories for which there's little good evidence. Far better, it seems to me, in our vulnerability is to look death in the eye and to be grateful every day for the brief but magnificent opportunity that life provides. In the vastness of space and the immensity of time, it was our joy to share a planet and an epoch with Mark. Good evening, everyone, and thank you, as always, for joining us. A sombre start to the show this week, but appropriate that we remember Penfold. Um, one of two who have passed away this week, Operator 88, who joined us on events as far back as 2015, is also being remembered fondly by friends far and wide. Both enjoyed the fun, the silliness and the sense of companionship that came from their hobbies in their free time, and, as usual, we'll be doing our very best to carry on that throughout this evening. As ever, my companions on this evening's journey are ready with their headlines and content for the week. I'm Rudolf Hucker, and I'm joined once again by... Harry Balzac. Will my finger do? The Apology Officer. And Normus Snuckers. Our radio names should give you a little warning about the style of what's coming up next, but um, here goes with this week's headlines. Two legs good, more legs better. We look ahead at the Odyssey. Things have got really, really silly with Hutton's latest expansion. 
Gone Goals on Going for Gold 2. Small Medium at Large in Spooky Space Seance. Galtwit Bars Lay Radio, age seven and three quarters. Voice Pack Attack in Polygon Postal Incident. Hutton Update and Colonia in a right old state. And Hutton's update on everyone else's state. After last week's wild speculation about the GT Edition Scarab, the atmospheric Cabriolet SRV for going topless in tenuous atmospheres, and the Buckyball SR I've Got a Turbo Buggy, the latest media releases have opened the lid on a new aspect of the galaxy's forthcoming Big Odyssey once again. Multicrew. The magic means by which pilots can project their presence into a seat not that far from your own appears to be getting an upgrade. Yes, your ship, whether it be a little lake on six or the giant lawn dart that is the anaconda, is being licensed to allow other people in the cockpit. Yes, real people. Poke them and they go, ow. Due to safety concerns to date, your cockpit, whilst designed for multiple people, including additional comfy chairs, coffee machine and reading material in the netting to the side of the seat, has limited access to the pilot. A complicated series of hard light hollow projectors have allowed fellow pilots from across the galaxy to beam themselves aboard and take control of vital ship functions such as that extra pip, the turrets if fitted, and of course telepresence to one of the ship launched fighters. With the advent of space legs, tenuous atmospheres, and fellow commanders needing to hitch a lift back home after being stranded on planets, Media reports indicate that they'll actually be allowed to join you in your cockpit. What's more, your wings can now have legs. Yes, you can provide aerial cover for your passenger once they disembark. A few warnings, though. Please avoid crushing your freshly disembarked passenger under the bulk of your suggestively shaped sausage ship. Firing your pocket pop gun at passing ships is very likely to end up being on the receiving end of a railgun shot and a sneeze cannon to the knee isn't the kind of excuse that a mission giver is likely to accept as a reasonable one for being late. Dropping your passenger on a planet out near Beagle Point and then flying off sniggering will be considered the height of bad manners. Very funny, though. There are rumours that handheld weaponry to prevent one-sided ship-to-shore action may include shoulder-mounted cascade cannons, pocket rockets, and everyone's favourite the graffiti beam, used for carving your initials on the ship that's about to squish you like a bug. What's the first thing that will go through your mind when a plummeting vulture hits you going 400 meters per second? Likely it'll be its canopy. Hutton's standing order when it comes to expansion is don't. We're too close to Sol and way too close to any other Pilots' Federation registered groups, and going somewhere else is likely to end up in an exchange of views down some dark alley somewhere that will end up in the political equivalent of A&E, 
with a black eye and cartilage in your nose that goes crunch, crunch, crunch when you blow it. The hot pit team, aided by the system custodians, do everything they can to keep systems under the magic number that appears to cause automatic cloning of our faction NPC management team and their eviction to a nearby system. There is an exception, of course. If we find somewhere with a really, really silly name, that's very Hutton. It's why we're in Hag Hole. It's why we took over Bonkers. Unfortunately, it appears that Hutton's NPCs took this a little literally and treated it like a tinfoil behatted mission worthy of the hunt for Raxler, or the latest canon interstellar search and research romp. Unable to find anywhere called Silly, they tried VV Silly and RR Silly before sitting down with their alphabet blocks and Alvin's preschool primer. Yes, we know that C can be pronounced softly, as in the words cease and in the middle of a cancel, and not hard as in complete clod or concrete sandals. But in a case of Ofri, worthy of a muggy, they decided that silly could be written C-A-E-L-I. And yes, there's an R-R Sally. Which has led us to a situation where we've had to get the apology officer to contact the political team over at the Leviathan Scout Regiment and offer full and abject apologies on behalf of Alvin for not only being silly in silly, but propagating an immediate war against one of the local factions. Under an ambassadorial agreement, Hutton R, with the assistance of the LSR's more shooty commanders, attempting to round up all the Hutton NPCs in the war zones and then send them without trial to the naughty step, where they'll be re reminded that when spelling silly, E comes before A, even after C, and that scrubbing cubicle three with your toothbrush is a really, really nasty punishment. We'd like to thank Admiral XXHide840XX, TechNation87, and DJ Skywolf for their understanding in this matter, and are resolved to GTFO as soon as humanly possible. Congratulations are due to Canon Instatella, winners of the most recent gold award for exploration with a staggering total. Now it's our time, and yes, we're going for broke, breaking out the exploration ships and honk scoop jumping our way from Earth-like to Earth-like in the hopes that Hutton can emulate their experience. Hutton commanders have been seen putting the final touches on their ships, polishing their mighty jumper condors and hauling their asp out of storage, ready to bag anything they can find en route to the trophy. A new set of data has been published of high-value systems near the bubble as well as one for Colonia, though you're not exactly spoiled for choice out there at the moment. To take part in this epic endeavour, you want to scan as much as you can, make sure you're in the Hutton Squadron and of course have installed the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com. When it comes to selling your data, Anywhere counts, but the locations can sometimes be important. You want to sell for as much as you can, so investigate whether the local BGS give you a boost, a bonus boost to your value. 
The jury's out whether that particular market helps, but trying your efforts to Leelong Rui, yes, that means power play, and achieving a five a rank five status can mean you get double bubble for your trouble. In the meantime, truckers, get honking and we'll raid the prize cabinet for some awards once and if we manage to raise the trophy. Reports have come in of some weird goings-on in the Call 285 sector, which Hutton is determined to investigate. We've put together a crack team of paranormal investigators from Hutton Orbital and we'll be heading out there shortly in an effort to solve the mystery. The team includes that old lady from the parade who reads your fortune for 10 credits. She gets them off a gal night, you know. No, I don't. That weird-looking guy who hangs around at McThargoids offering to rebalance people's chakras. No, I don't. A budget clones for you super saver clone who was decanted too early and swears she can talk to Trumbles. I can, you know. And friend Federico who hasn't moved, blinked, or spoken since 3301. No, you haven't. Led by Commander Okayam, the uh, team will conduct a scientific survey of the site to ensure that the truth comes out. Okayam said, We are following the science on this and taking a no-expenses-incurred approach. Equipment, including a Ouija board, a five-pack of woodbines... I'm trying to give them up. ...a selection of musical instruments made from suggestively shaped vegetables... I'm trying to give them up. Thermal probinators. I'm not giving up my probinators. A cat that smells of vapour up, an economy pack of Snuggle McKeed's Lucky Charms for protection, an old sofa which someone once dumped, and more hakey tea than I've ever seen in one place has already been loaded in preparation for the journey. The intrepid science team are in high spirits, having already taken part in a farewell hakey tea ceremony and have dismissed warnings to stay away from the system and the strange goings on there. We at Hutton News must be more cautious, however, and advise that no commander should approach call 285 sector NP-W A31-3. If you do find yourself in call 285 sector NP-W A31-3, then whatever you do, you should not approach Moon 6A and definitely should not investigate what you find there. Commander Sham295 was the first commander on site and now we can't find one of his slippers. Be warned. Does anyone want their chakras balanced? Eddie Lee Wise, tailor amongst the stars and Lave Station resident, has fallen victim to his latest product release. Not content with cutting his cloth, with the aid of his wife Barb's and his husband Ken, to bring out the very best in every commander and cut a dashing figure, he appears to have launched a new beauty range targeted at the pilot who wants to, quite literally, take years off their image. Whilst it hasn't been unknown for pilots to use the wonders of hollow me technology to remove the odd wrinkle or give themselves a suck, tuck and pluck to keep their youthful figure, Eddie's latest invention performs your beauty regimen at a microscopic level, putting lippy and a good foundation on your very DNA. 
As a hands-on flat cap wearing donkey jacket toting kind of guy, Eddie used his experimental cream on himself first, hoping to recapture some of the rugged steeplejack looks of his youth. Which we're led to believe is where it all started to go wrong. Having experienced hair loss in some places and strange hair growth in others earlier in his life, the cream's immediate effect was to reverse both of them, giving him flowing locks and a chin as smooth as a 0.1G docking computer lead landing. The effects didn't stop there. He found new energy, a trim new waistline and the reversal of years of abuse of his body, but it carried on. His voting patterns have gone from pension hoarding right, through angry hardworking left, and right out the other side into hippie student green party. He's shrunk in all dimensions, and to all intents and purposes, this titan of tailoring now more closely resembles Eddie Jr., age seven and three quarters. His voice has unbroken. He went through a phase of terrible acne and has complained of frequent cases of premature detonation every time someone wiggles their asp in front of him. This, however, has been the least of his problems. As a temporary keyholder for Lave Radio, he found that station bosses rejected his ID at the checkpoint and promptly locked him out of the studio, telling him that he's far too young to hear that sort of thing and to run along and get his mum to come back with a note. And no, Eddie, a scrawled piece of paper saying, Eddie's excused PE this week because he's got a bit of a cold, isn't what they're looking for. Nurse Wyeth has been called and is attempting every ageing treatment she can come up with, including soaking him in cold tea, scrunching him up and then ironing him to make him look well used, burning his edges with a candle to give him that just-escaped-from-a-combat-zone vibe, and, of course, rubbing him with castor oil and specially developed ageing liniment at every opportunity, attempting to bring back his lumbago. Station dietitians are attempting to force-feed him the richest of foods to bring back his gout, and he's been gargling with gravel and cigar ash to try and bring back his usual gruff northern tones. We wish Eddie well. Anyone who has purchased some Lave brand anti-aging cream is advised not to rub it on any part of their anatomy for fear that even mild doses might cause them to actually de-evolve to a more primitive form and take up PvP. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Okay, Hexwing. The Alliance is building bases out in the Colsack Nebula and they need AX pilots to push old Tharg back and protect the cargo ships bringing in the supplies. From Commodore Halloran's bulletin, sounds like if we give them a good push out now, they won't cause as much havoc to the coal sack stations in the future. You'll be looking for non-human signal sources in coal sack sector systems KN-S B4-9 and VU-O B6-6 and Muscadark region systems IM-VC2-24 and P6-PP6-1. Let's only hope they change the names of those systems once there's stations there. 
Threat 3 and 4 non-human signal sources will have scouts only. You can take those on with AX multi-cannons, which can be picked up at any planet-side military base. Threats 5 and higher will be Thargoid interceptors, scouts, or a mix of both. You'll only want to take those on if you've got a well-engineered AX combat ship. Be sure to sell your combat bonds at the Spirit of Nice Omega ship to let the Alliance know just how much we did for them. I hear there's a special bonus if you're one of the top-earning pilots. Good luck out there, Commanders. Watch your six and keep an eye on the signal sources. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. And encrypted transmission. HCS Voice Pack Systems. Galactically renowned kidnappers of the rich and famous from film and the telly have released an urgent appeal for all pirate pilots to beware the parrot, Finn, their captive Norwegian Blue, and the voice behind the robotic cockpit cracker, cracker. munching companion, the ship's parrot Mark III, has escaped his cage and has gone on a rampage. It's rumoured that the Norwegian Cobalt Blue is very much alive and incredibly angry at his long-term incarceration with nothing but a microphone for company and the voice of HCS maestro Paul on repeat saying, can we just do one more take, please? This time with a little more feeling. Finn was last seen at Hutton Orbital, having hitched a lift on a passing dolphin, and all residents of the station are advised not to approach, as the polly's gone postal and pecking anything that comes within range. Hang on. What's that flapping noise? Ah, cock-a-doodle friggin' do! Norma, Norma! The bloody parrot's loose in the studio! What a fight! He's gotten by my... Uh, oh, that's smart. Get off. Abbott. Somebody get security in here in the double. I'm sorry, listener. We appear to be experiencing some technical difficulties. That's more like it. Somebody in body armour. Quick, grab it before it reaches the desk. I'm going to kill the parrot. Ah, red alert! We're all going to die! Game over! Game over! Oh, man, what did you do? Clean that one up. It's dead. No, it's not pretending, waiting to bite you. Look at it. It's an ex-parrot. It's flown off to meet its maker. If it wasn't nailed to the wall by your dart gun, it would be pushing up the daisies. Yes, yes, I know it's only a robot, but really? Next time, try a net. Hey, does it hurt? You know, when you try to think. It's okay. Emergency over, everyone. Please disregard the warnings. Filthy hut and trucking mollusk! Ah! I'm not dead, just resting. Oh, no, someone else take over, I'm off. I know Kung Fu. I hate you! Ah! Shut your face, hippie. Uh, well, since uh, Lou got arrested for starting a riot on the Lord Rotunda by singing karaoke last night, his Shirley Bassey back catalogue, if you must know. I suppose it's down to me to have a go at the BGS bit. Okay, so let's have a look at what's in the BGS box this week and see what we have here. What a fight! No, leave me alone! Oh, we've expanded into RR Sally, but the stations are all painted in institutional green and baby food beige inside, so we just don't want it. Just pretend you didn't see it and leave well alone. We need work in Barnard Star, Epsilon Eridani, Epsilon Indy, 
Hakko, Kokari and Stein 2051. They don't need much of it, but they do need a little bit of work. And a little bit goes a long way. Hilpasi and Van Manen Star could do with a wee tickle too. Do not touch LHS 340, whatever you do. It'll hunt me down like a duck if you do. We are cruising very close to expansion in the following systems. Alpha Centauri. Somebody shut that part up. <laughs> That'll do. We're cruising very close to expansion in the following systems. Alpha Centauri, LP245-10, PSPLF2, WISE 0855-0714 and WOLF124. Leave these systems alone. LP525-39 is dangerously close to expansion, so work against Hutton there if you can. And so to Colononia. All the stuff is broken in E.O. Procol Centauri after King Hanky spilled a big mug of something wet and fizzy all over the reactor console, triggering infrastructure failure. Bring, um, infrastructure things. Infrastructure failure is properly serious, so let's get this one sorted. Mission running and passenger... Mission running and passenger missions for hot call systems is good. Cash in your exploration data in E.O. Procol Centauri Dollar Depot in tier only. And um, by the low sell high in our systems. If in doubt, then contact King Hankey. At least I think that's right. If I'm wrong and it all goes pear-shaped in the next few days, well, at least Lou will have something to do when he gets back next week. It's time for Norma's Knowledge Nuggets now, as I bring you up to date with what's happening in events organised by you the members of this great community. Graham and Kay has given us a concise, nay, pithy update on Wolf Hunt. Nothing really changed on the hunt for Wolf 562. It's on the back burner for now. Current goal is to take over Narnia and find out what's in the wardrobe. And this going for gold version 2 is the main thing going on. Oh, we've expanded again. But we don't want it because it smells, and we are going to lose the expansion war. We lose, we leave. What a fight! No. <laughs> Next we have Speedball 4, which is going to be on the 21st and 22nd of November. And this update comes from Commander Primetime Casual, bringing us up to date on the extensive preparations for the event and adding a plus one to the count for mentions of Alec Turner in community events. BBRC member and almost but not quite winner of the eight-wheel championship, Alec Turner, arrived and showcased the beauty of the event location system. On the matter of which ship to take, the all-time top ten are dominated by Vipers, but for newcomers, a ship like the Hauler or Adder might be easier. There's also a run for the fastest large-sized ship, with Commander Iceman Asbo 27 having tested his corvette to 3,512 metres a second successfully. In a newly founded category, if you intend to run a completely E-rated Sidewinder, there's a special ranking in the Side E-Class. The event organisers want to remind everyone that the Litherwake will depart HR 6164 on Friday the 13th, Heading to 61 Virginis to pick up any participants who are in need of a lift. The return trip 
to the view starts on Monday 16th 1900 UTC and special thanks to Phoebe who provided the brilliant speed vault speed calculator at http colon slash slash photonique.hu slash sbsc slash calculating that the top speed achievable during this event will be 3671 meters a second Let's see if that is indeed the limit. It's nearly time for Expedition Mercury's wings to set off on November the 22nd. An expedition from the amazing canyons of Pramesh in the bubble all the way to the far side of the galaxy. Through over 60,000 light years of beautiful space and on a voyage to explore new star systems. All the while taking the DSS's new fleet carrier Shepherd's Dream to its resting place in the outer Scutum Centaurus arm in the galactic northwest. But before that, on November the 15th, the free launch meeting is happening in system, which had sector DL Y D22 and on body 1A. The meetup's landing zone will be announced nearer the time. The meetup will start at 1900 in game time. This will be a pre-launch meetup for everybody to get to know each other and for some fun and games. Remember to bring your exploration ships and SRVs with you. I look forward to seeing you all there. If you're not already signed up with the expedition, please do this on the EDSM website under Expeditions. Details at bit.ly Mercury Swings, including their Discord link. Our own apology officer is organising an event that happens tomorrow. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you may be too late. Hotbox Go to the Ruins, a Going for Gold 2 event. Details on the Hutton Facebook events page. Join Team Hotbox as we do our bit for Going for Gold 2. As part of the new initiative for Hutton Squadron to work towards Exploration Gold, Hotbox are taking a trip out to the Hawkins Gap Alpha site, which lies at approximately 10,000 light years from the bubble. PLAA AEC IZ-N C20-1 Planet A1A at coordinates 25.0029-21.5814. This will give us lots of opportunities to discover new systems, planets, and maybe even the odd life form or two. Once there, commanders can scan the data points, gather logs, and pick up some manufactured engineer maths. I'm organising Hotbox, but of course, PC and PS4 commanders are welcome to come along. You will have to organise yourself, though. Also, it's Friday the 13th. What could possibly go wrong? I love you! <laughs> I don't love you. <laughs> I mean it! Organised by a Frenchman, but being run in English, kindly take into account the linguistic abilities of the average English speaker. La Grande Expedition 3306, also known as the Great Expedition 3306, is a long exploration trip organised every year by the Remlock community. This year we plan to start from Plangura 
for a course of 83.8 kilo light years. As always, the GE will offer a red line story to follow and various activities through the expedition to support our pilots. Departure from Pangloria on November 27th at 8pm UTC, which is 8pm London, 9pm Paris, 3pm Quebec. Uh, maximum date of arrival at Braguram due January the 10th at 10pm UTC and London, 11pm Paris and 5pm Quebec. This fourth great expedition will offer activities and stories in an experienced group of veterans. Mini games throughout the expedition to encourage activity and win prizes, some of which are unique and only available during events supported by Frontier Developments. Fantastic views both on the surface and in space. Rare points of interest to discover solo or in a group and great memories with the Remlock community. Details on EDSM. <laughs> Include their Discord invites and we have created a link to make it easy for you to find. bit.ly slash GE3306. That's a capital G and a capital E. If you get that bit wrong, don't blame us if we get taken to a page featuring scantily clad models. No, stop that. Don't go and check now. Stay here. What, it, what are you lot like? As always, if you're organising an event in game, get in touch and we'll tell everyone about it in a future show. Right. I'm not your friend. Shut it. And we're back. Thank you very much to the entire radio team. Flossie, I'm sorry about the parrot. Okay, we're, we're doing our best to get the parrot. <laughs> Tell you what, you, you uh, maybe, maybe you know, take a run up at it with your pan. Maybe, maybe, maybe that would do. Ah, uh, maybe. Hang on. <laughs> run away! Run away! Run away! <laughs> okay, I think I think he's gone. <laughs> I think I think the parrot's gone. Well, thank you very much to our friends at HCS for loaning us the parrot for this evening. Um, nice it, bird, that lovely plumage. Lovely, lovely <laughs> plumage. Yes, obviously the, the the background to that one is that um, Finnegan, who is the the voice of the parrot in the HCS voice pack, actually got attacked by a parrot in St James's Park this week. You know, life mirroring art, mirroring life mirroring art. So, um, yes, yeah, so, uh, we understand he survived the It should, it should not have been up in that tree then, should he? If he was no. up in the tree, no wonder, no wonder the parrot was upset. <laughs> he certainly shouldn't have been doing his parrot voice. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Maybe they know their own. I, I, I don't know how, you know, parrots work, whether it's obviously not visual. He looks nothing like a parrot. But um, maybe he was walking along, orking to himself, ork, and, you know, <clears throat> making, making noises. But, With his so parrot suit on. trespassing. If he gets trespassing, he could go up before the beak. <coughs> oh. Oh. Flossie. Ta taxi for pond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but you know, oh. so, so yeah, this, um, thank you very much to those guys. And obviously we're, we're in the studio. I'm, I'm joined by the, the usual radio team, or at least some of the usual radio team. The kidnappings are carrying on. Um, we've now had uh, Dead Meat GF kidnapped by whoever's doing all the kidnappings. Um, so yeah, we're not, we're not in a hurry to get him back, though, are we? 
<laughs> not, not in too much of a rush, no. Nah. I mean, there are rumours that he has been sent to the naughty step and being blamed thoroughly for the expansion into really, really silly um, that we uh, <laughs> that we did this week. Um, obviously, just a, a, an introduction for everybody. I'm sure you know the rest of the team, but Amelia's here. Good evening, Amelia. Hello. Are you really ready for the food this week? Well, <laughs> the food this week. Um, Are you? I you mean, know what? I'm. I don't oh. want to give anything away, but um, let's just say. Um, well, it's interesting and it's terrible. Is it, is it really a food or is it, oh, no, is it some kind of no, punishment? Not really. No, it's, it's, well, yes and no. I mean, on both counts. I mean, can you stick your mouth, stick it in your mouth, and swallow it? And I suppose has somebody used it well, as food? You at can some do point, that but, with so yeah. many things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Um, well, we, we've got. Oh, we've I think got I've you... just bitten my bottom lip off. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, so we've got the gal next. What's the lip off? Oh dear. I'm going to get the security guy back with his big rifle again. He's he's intimidating looking in that armor. Um, yeah, he likes to think he's he's I don't know in some kind of cosplay from sci-fi somewhere. Um, anyway, and we're joined by the apology officer. Good evening. Hello. Hello. So you've got an event coming up with Team Hotbox. Are there going to be some we genuine old-fashioned apologies coming up? Very likely. <laughs> you know, what, well, what's the list of potential incident types? Oh, well, there's bound to be SRVs on the go, so somebody's either going to get stuck and uh, blown up or just normally blown up or somebody's going to go to the wrong system or the wrong planet in the system. Somebody's going to attract Thargoids. Um, somebody's going to unleash something all that kind of stuff the usual kind of stuff you know yeah i mean just uh, destruction and um yeah death um, destruction mayhem fires and and a vacuum that that kind of thing yeah absolutely well it it sounds like it's going to be good fun um we have got a bunch of new friends for hotbox we went hunting friends this week did you yeah um so you know we expanded into really really silly yes and it turns out that's the uh, leviathan scout regiment who I understand are very very Xbox. Oh, and the first thing they said when I got there, did the ambassadorial thing, handed out the Ferrero Rocher, was like, "Oh, have you guys yes. got any events coming up? We'd love to join them." And I said, "Well, I think they're off to some ruins sometime soon." And yes. it's a hotbox team on Xbox, and there was lots of "Ooh," and we might go and join in that one. I know they're putting together a team to try and steal the Hutton Run trophy off Riverboat, and actually right. take it out of Hutton hands as well. Well, remember they do need the uh, they do need the Hutton Helper for that. Yeah, I know they're they're fully queued up on all these if things. If you've got the Hutton Helper, you are automatically a Hutton Trucker, so they can't take it out of Hutton hands. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, we've got Hutton them in trucker. a technicality. We've got we them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, and I'd like to say thank you very much for the guys from LSR. It's so nice when you sort of bump into another player group and you sort of log into their Discord channel, and the first thing it says is you know be awesome to each other. It's case, yeah, yeah, that's yep, we like that. Yep. They, they they feel very huttonish in there and very silly as well. So they, they seem like a lovely bunch. They're our next door neighbours, and um, we look forward to inviting them on some of our future events. I will put you in touch, and I'll put the hot boss in touch with yes. their hot boss, uh, Admiral oh, yes, X X Hyde eight forty XX. That's lots lot, of X's. Lot, lots of kisses on that one, yeah. Yes, lots of kisses. Yeah, very friendly admiral. We understand, um, and uh, and see whether we can get some events together. Obviously, they're well up for joining in some of the future CQC ones as well, and joining in, yeah, trying to hut and run that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, are they any good? Because if they're any good, we might want to hold off on that one. <laughs> no, no, they, they say they're they're awesome. They are, you know, tip top. All right. 
Um, they may or may not be listening in this evening. I don't know what time zone they're on, but we'll, we'll give them a copy of this show afterwards. So we'll say, hello, everybody. Hello. Yes. And um, and we're also joined by, by Sean this evening, by Palantir. Hello, I'm back. Your, yes. your back, your front, your top and your bottom. Mm. It was yep. nice having a week off for once, but uh, but I missed it. You know, no, if you've got a week off, you've got to go and get tested. Yes, I do. You don't have oh. exclusivity on the dad jokes, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh. All the dodgy Scottish accents. <laughs> well, no, we've got our own no, resident uh, dodgy Scottish accent. Obviously, accents. Mia, obviously. <laughs> is it dodgy Scottish with an it's, accent? It's or better it, than Benedetti's, yeah. so I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is the worst fake Scottish accent I've ever heard. I thought it was a good fake Scottish accent. Well, it depends which part of Scotland you think he's from. Which part of Fake Scotland, do you mean? Oh, right, for the Newcastle part of Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I heard that vo- voice software actually recognised what he said, so there you go. Oh, well, that's it. He's definitely a fake then. <laughs> yes, if he understands the word 11. 11. Yes, that's the acid test. <laughs> so, yeah, coming up in the show. So, so Commander Palantir, actually, just looking back at the, the news for a second. So, Lave Radio. Mm. Uh, we do yes. know that um, one of the representatives is hiding out in the uh, Twitch chat channel as well, possibly dying I, of I embarrassment. I can see him there now, yes. Mm-hmm. But we, I, I think, I think we Sorry, do... we can't see him over the corner of the desk. I think we do have a special <laughs> report from Eddie Lee Wise later. Oh, yes, we're looking forward to that, yes. Yeah. A special recording. Okay, came into the studio, there, were, there was a knock at the door, and I looked through the glass and I thought, there's nobody there. <laughs> and there was, there was a little, a little guy in short shorts. Was, little, yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, oh I've got a message you. for you, sir. Yes. Yeah. My mum says you'll give me 50p. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, Lave Radio's um, Gal Twitter account did uh, take it off the air after, um, instead of using the presenter's age, they, they managed to use um, the radio station's age, which is seven and three quarters. Unfortunately, the first thing Twitter went was, oh, you're not 13. You can't play. Um, so at the moment, um, Lave Radio are trying to get their Twitter account back online and convince yeah. everybody they're not actually seven and three quarters, even though they are. Ah, oh, okay. And where oh, would bl- where just w- wait five and a quarter years? It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. And where would blame Lave Radio for stuff? Uh, Commander Okayan, 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 who um, who gave me the story about the uh, the call two eight five spooky settlement. Um, did say that he he only got the information from Lave Radio. He just copied what they told him. He says he hadn't done any any research or anything. He just splodged and reposted it. So we're playing Fake Chinese news. whispers with, yeah. with this stuff. So there could be nothing there. It could be a massive trolling attempt. The the Pilots Federation troll Lave and Lave troll us, and you know a big chain of trollage. Yeah, so much trollage that you you wouldn't believe it. You know. Oh yeah, and and anyway, um, Amelia, obviously with the media this week. Yes. Uh, one of the big magazines has a front cover spread of some grand-looking person walking around with a big rifle from, from Odyssey. And there's this talk of multi-crew actually being real people and not holograms. I know, right? I mean, how can you tell? You're strapped to your seat. You know, reach over and poke them or just throw things across the cockpit and see if it goes through them. Are they real, donk? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a real person. But, uh, I mean, I, it, it boggles the mind that you fly somebody out to Beagle Point, drop them off and say, I'm just popping out for a sandwich, <laughs> and then not come back. <laughs> I wonder how you get... I mean, can you can you put a little beacon and a nice little NPC and a rescue ship turns up and picks you up or something? I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is all going to work. I think I everyone's was... curious. 
Yeah, that's that was the inspiration behind the picture that we used for that. Um, <laughs> yes, I did notice that wonderful <laughs> screenshot of the planet and a little speech <laughs> bubble there that, that says "bastard." <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, yeah. I did manage to hit the right button and put that one up on screen. I think at some point, but um, yeah. So I mean, of course, it's, it's 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 all real. It's all coming next year. I think they say first quarter next year. What that means is, oh, 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 I I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe March, possibly. Could be February. They did say quarter one, didn't they? Yeah. So, so March at the latest. March by March, should we say? A bit like when all this lockdown yeah. finishes, and um, yeah. And then um, we obviously we've spoken about the poly thing going for golf. Flossie, you're going to cover a bit of. Are you covering that in your CCCCG bit in a bit or or not? Are they going for gold? Um, it's not in the CG news, no. Oh right, okay. So it it is officially a CCCCG thing, but we'll cover it now. Which is, hang on a second. Let's. Uh... Flossie told you what to do. Isn't Flossie? CCCGG. Yes. That's the one, yeah. 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 So, so Flossie tells us what to do. Flossie, what is the CCCCG and how does it differ from a CG? It's a community created. Community gold goal. A community created community gold goal. Okay. Something, something like that. <laughs> right. You're making, it up. You're making it up as you go along now, Flossie. <laughs> yeah. We're just saying words now. Bring the pirate back. So what, what community is it targeting, this one? It's targeting, well, the uh, Houghton community, everybody, anybody who wishes to join in to um, to get the gold trading. Um, no, not trading. Exploration. Exploration. We've got the trading one, yes. The gold exploration trophy. By getting yes. as much exploration data as can. Now, Canon Interstellar did get it. Now, what what happened was Canon Interstellar had a guy with 15 billion credits on board, and he signed up for Lee Long Rong Ring Ru, uh, the power play chap, who who's, we've got one system in his area. Anyway, they signed up for him, and that turned into 45 billion credits <sighs> in one drop. It took the guy five hours to drop the data. Yeah, I bet. Ooh. Yeah. So 45 billion of the total is one 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 pilot attached to Li Long Rui, um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's good. But we're, I think we're doing it the hard way, aren't we? Just everybody's going to drop data. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, we've... So we've got, um, at the moment, we've got um, we've had our first 11 people drop data. 11. Uh, 11. 11. Stew and Smelly Wild Sea, Smelly Wild Sea, Smelly Wild Sea, uh, Flossie, Wrong Way, Rincewind, Cymru, Poppy, Christopher Hankey, Lydia of the Void, Tom Sawyer, Montgomery Python, and Big Block appear to have dropped a load already. So we've got our first 54 million in the bank. Thank you very much, everybody. Nice. Yeah. It is open to all platforms, but we're not counting you separately. So in terms of the overall leaderboard table of who's dropped the most, we're counting everybody together, but obviously mm-hmm. each one counts towards your own gold awards. Yes. Obviously it's a different yeah. it's yeah. It's a different squadron on each platform. Yes. Um so yes, make sure you're in the squadron, make sure you're in the hut and helper, find data, drop data, rinse and repeat, try and get gold. That's sort of the size of it. Yeah. That's it. Um, as long as you do it by the end of the season, which is in 54 days, 55 days from now, something like that. Um, I think that's how long we've got to do it. So the numbers aren't going to go up really high really early. 
Um, not unless people are coming back fast. Um, a lot of people are going to stay out for a while, then suddenly drop loads. So we'll keep a running total, Flossie. If it's okay with you in future CG bits, we'll get you a bit yep. of a totalizer that you can uh, join in with. Yep, that would be okay, yeah. And Pillbox says he wasn't paying attention to any of the shows for the last three weeks and dropped off a couple of hundred million last week. Ugh. Pillock! <laughs> Special oh, Pillbox! <laughs> one job to do. One pillbox, job. Pillbox the Pillock! Oh, no, don't, don't, don't need to Pillbox. He didn't, he didn't know, he didn't know. But he's gone, oh, oh you can always get a couple of hundred million. Have known. That's only that's only you know two hundred Earth likes or something you know it's not it's not much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So that's the C C C C C C G. Now I've programmed in some music for you, Flossie, this week. Um, you're going to have Instello Initiatives music because I like it this week. Okay. Yay! It's just actually like an Instello Initiative with all small parts, isn't it? Yeah, all, all little but, bits but, going to a big. For some reason, I haven't called it one this time. <laughs> You know, I haven't I seen any was... small parts. <laughs> you want <laughs> Well, not, not not till later when you get ready for bed. Yes. Um, right. Uh, so, other than that, obviously, at the start of the show, um, we we did do our, our little uh, memorial to Commander Penfold mm. because we did mm-hmm. get the the terrible news uh, this week that um, he'd unfortunately passed away on Sunday. Um, we got the message through Skip Rat, who's a, oh, another long-standing friend of the show. Many, many of us have met Penfold at events and shared our sort of social and free time with Penfold as well. And obviously, we we send out an awful lot of love and all our condolences to his to his family. Um, was slightly heartened to hear from his family uh, yesterday that they were actually able to be with him as well. I know all this lockdown has been terrible, um, but they were actually able to be with him as well um, over in in hospitals, which was very heartening news in these uh, really quite crappy times as well. But um, yeah, all of our love to to Penfold's family. Uh, we will be trying to organise something uh, in game, uh, an, an event, and a bit of a, a get together. Um, but we've got a bit of planning to do on that one first. Um, and we do have a little special something as well, which we're going to be broadcasting slightly later in the show, uh, with which to to remember Penfold, to remember Mark as well. Um, there is uh, the family have also got in touch, and um, they've said that any collection they're going to be doing, they want it to go to special effect, as it was a charity very dear to Mark's heart as well. So we are going to be setting up a little just giving page for um, sort of charity donations in in lieu of you know being able to go to funerals that kind of thing or. Um, sending flowers. So we will be setting that one up as well and we will publicise details of that um, for anybody that does want to uh, drop, drop something in uh, for the charity in his in his name. So yeah, really sad. And of course there was a, another another commander, unfortunately, um, who we haven't heard from from a long time, for a long time, but joined us back in 2015, I think, on some of the early, I think it was the very first beta bash that we did, um, which was Commander Operator 88, unfortunately um, has also uh, left this world in the last week and obviously they're very close friends have, have let us know and said they're also doing memorials in game too so it's been a bit of a few weeks for it and it, it's it's always terribly terribly sad but you know as a community we just you know send our love and if anybody needs to speak to us at any time then we're always here you can always get in touch with us okay what have we got what have we got coming up for the rest of the show we've got some Wotherspoon, I think, in a bit. We've got mm-hmm. some Flossy CG news. We've got some Galnet yep. Food Digest. And we've got some Outrageous Sports as well. Don't thought Outrageous. It's perfectly sensible. 
Well, if you if you work out what, yeah, I'm just reading the titles of some of these here. Actually, no, they're 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 quite appropriate. These ones, they are, they are, they're very appropriate. Everything should make perfect sense. It's an oasis of clarity in the hurly burly of the Hutton News. Yeah. So what what have we got? Who's who's doing the intro for the next? But I bet you're going to say, well, me. it's you. Oh, it's you. It's you on this one. Hang on a second. Right. Let me just let me just get back to the right spot. The the parrot's now gone. Don't worry. We're not going to have any more parrot interruptions. I promise. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for me to start? I, I am now, yes. It, it's <laughs> right. parents okay. locked out. Right. So, before Witherspoon and Beetlejuice show us the progress they've made with their naked fire juggling act, no, it's true, really. Jude said that she dyed her hair, but really it all burnt off and that's a blonde wig. We've got a small piece of poetry from the man who puts the dog in Dogger Bill. Good afternoon, truckers. Percy Thrasher here. Now, normally I'd be out farming barnacles, but sometimes the weather's too cold, so I sit down and read letters from our listeners. What's that, sir? Tell your tale. Buy me a gin. Sit right down there. I'll spin you a yarn about how we all fared that time we went hunting a giant black whale. It was autumn in Eden, but you'd not likely tell, apart from some geysers and the rather ripe smell. I was patrolling the system with wingmen in tow, and hunting for pirates who so liked the soul, dissent and destruction in our little faction and maybe just bored and looking for action. Eight of us there, our team speak was right, talking of sausages and other such tripe. With Skip Rat and Mind Wipe, Mad Monk was there, and a couple of Texans and a dog with bad hair. Ventura was docking, repairing his hull, getting all nice and shiny before that evening's cull. A message on Discord. Caught Mindwipe's attention. A trucker whilst docking just happened to mention a blip on his radar. A message inbound. There was an orker just hanging around. He's not one of ours, the frog bear exclaimed. So we headed for Alvin, the one we renamed. Approaching in crews, we locked on his ship and scanned it to make sure that our little trip was fruitful and not wasting much of our time. The name it resolved, along with a sign that said wanted, which meant we were clear to fight this here deathlock, who's not welcome here. I tried interdiction, but a slippery foe escaped it with ease, but with one more go, I caught him and dropped him and began my scan. Keep up, we've got him! But then he began to trash talk me, cursing and swearing and telling me over I would use my poor noggin for a cup in his rover. His orker, for that was the ship that he flew, was black and his bounty was worth quite a few. My wingmen arrived and he laughed in our faces. Here, in our very own system of all places, that whale opened gun ports and started to fire. As Deathlock's voice pitched higher and higher, I'll kill you, I'll ruin you. I'll take all your stuff. You dare resist me? You think you're so tough? That's when it happened. Skip Rat blew up. 
Now look here, I said. Listen, young pop. That's enough now. We're seven and you're on your own. No bother. Ventura's canopy's blown. But cut it right out and you can high wake. You're making an awfully nasty mistake. But that whale, it kept coming and blasting our ships. Not a scratch on his armour, even with pips, to weapons from all of our trackers. Take that, you old... Mind wipe shit blew after hitting my rear. He's boosted right into me. I'm flying too near. This combat was turning quickly to farce. That impact had left me with quite a sore hull. The Texans had been crushed under the whale's giant bulk. And the dog just left us, jumped out for a sulk. That left Hober and I in a bad situation. Let's go and get some help and repair the station. I fired two torpedoes in a bid to survive and get the heck out whilst we were alive. The orca went silent. A heat sink he burned and I watched in horror as my missiles turned and took out poor Hober. He was running quite hot. The look on his face as his ship fell to bits and Deathlock screamed louder. Take that, you shit! His final words were, Die, you fat chump! His cursing was distant as my ship made the jump. So, have a care, fellow truckers, round Alpha Centauri. And don't think I exaggerate one bit of this story. For Deathlock and the might of his whale might make you the subject of your very own tale. <laughs> News Digest, 12th of November, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, Hadrian calls for mercy over Marlinists. Creepy colony discovered. Telepresence, but real. Orange Sidewinder loses its keys. Hadrian calls for mercy over Marlinists. Hadrian Duval, who is now recognised as a grandson of Emperor Hengist Duval and an imperial slave, the one-time figurehead used by Imperator Kaiser Merdanticus to legitimise his acts of sedition against Emperor Arissa, and exiled in Pariso as a result of his failed coup attempt, having suffered a near-fatal assassination and having had his life saved by the prismatic princess Ashling Duval, now nursed back to full health, has experienced a Damascene conversion. Once an isolationist hardliner, Imperator Hadrian has appealed for the Emperor to show compassion to the peace-loving Marlinist faction who only want fairer distribution of wealth and to enforce the ancient rule first put forward by the salty tea-wetters of Boston that there should be no taxation without representation. Hundreds of thousands of Marlinists have felt compelled to flee their home systems ahead of a brutal crackdown by Senator Denton Petraeus, who is doggedly striving to winnow out the neo-Marlinist terrorist needles from the Marlinist haystack. Only a few weeks ago, Hadrian's Nova Imperium 
would have had no truck with the soft left-wing liberal republicans of the Marlinist movement, but now it appears that the Imperator sees common cause with these same republicans and is begging for the Imperial Internal Security Service, who have this week failed in their attempt to uncover a neo-Marlinist bomb factory in LTT 1935, to show them mercy and to instead concentrate only upon cracking down on the terrorists who have already caused so much death and destruction in the Empire. In related news, after his prolonged career as an unknown slave, and then as the second blackest chief of the imperial family after the now deceased Prince Harold, Hadrian has been proposed by Princess Ashling for admission into the inner Duval fold, to stop being a naughty imperator and to start being a nice prince. Now that his status as grandson of the departed emperor is acknowledged, Hadrian technically has more right to be emperor than the emperor herself, and if readmitted to the family and if granted the title prince, would be expected to become the first in line of succession to the imperial throne. However, Emperor Arissa and her militaristic sidekick, Senator Petraeus, may view the figurehead behind the 3305 attempt to overthrow the imperial leadership with less than the greatest fondness. Princess Ashling's plea on behalf of the Imperator may well fall on deaf imperial ears. Creepy Colony Discovered Another scary settlement has been found by a commander using the pseudonym Sharm 295. Unlike the previous discovery near the Colsac Nebula, this one is a mining settlement, and for opportunists there are copious amounts of low-value minerals to strip. There are also logs which you can read, telling the story of the settlement. And it wasn't an entirely happy place. If you'd like to visit the settlement, you can either follow the trail yourself, starting at the listening post, in Col 285 Sector UB-T, A33-4, or you can jump right in to Col 285 Sector NP-W, A31-3. Head to Planet 6A and drop in at Latitude 35.34, Longitude minus 137.66. But be careful not to do it just before bedtime. Telepresence, but real. Spaceships aren't just for combat, exploration and trade. From next year, you'll also be able to use them to transport your friends and wigmates around the galaxy using new technology known as physical telepresence. This is just like the telepresence we know and love, but instead of the guest commander being a hologram, they'll be an actual commander. This is such a radical concept that it may take some getting used to, but it does mean that your wingmates can hitch a ride, and you can help them to get to those on-foot missions you're all so keen to try out. Orange Sidewinder loses its keys. The keys to the Lave Radio Orange Sidewinder have been confiscated after it was discovered that the ship was being flown by Commander Aidle Weiss, who had completed forms declaring that he was seven and three quarters years old. Despite his protestations that he had made a mistake, and that he is actually 21 years old, 
the authorities of Galtwit have declined to return the keys. Winding back the odometer on a sidewinder is an offence punishable by death, so the infant Edelweiss, who was last seen wearing a purple Teletubby suit, should consider himself lucky to have escaped this fate. Until normal service has been resumed, we can look forward to substantially fewer tweets from the hottest show this side of the crash. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders Weatherspoon and Beetlejude. Well, some of those items seem familiar, but at the same time, quite different. We've got a message now from someone who's, at the same time, an old contributor, but also not. But after that, we'll have a touch of comfort and normality. It'll be flossy with the CG News. Middle Wise here from Middle Wise, plus me mum and dad over at Lave Station. New this month, we've got our range of anti-aging creams, an all-over treatment that just lifts the years off your DNA. Me telomeres have never been longer. Me mum says they're a wonder, as she's never looked perkier, and father can't keep hands to himself. Our latest fashion range includes short shorts, sandals and duffel coats. We also sell a range of voice changers for anyone that uses too much and goes through puberty in reverse. Mum says I've got to go do my homework now, but I want to go fly spaceships. Anyone got booster seats so I can reach controls? Station Commander smells of wee. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do? When your faction leader's a dog and your daily tasks are a slog, you're feeling like a youth cog. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should Listen to what Flossie says Listen to what Flossie says What on earth can we do? Do what Flossie tells you Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News Last week's CGs both finished after 4am this morning uh, when the Federation completed by reaching Tier 5 the Imperials didn't quite make it to Tier 3. This week's CGs support the Alliance's expansion into the Corsac Nebula and protect the Alliance's expansion into the Corsac Nebula from Thargoid attack. 
The Alliance plans to construct several new outposts in the Corsac Nebula. From these, commercial and scientific operations will be conducted to locate fresh sources of meta-alloys and other potential sites of interest. The initiative was prompted by the findings of a planetary survey team 200 years ago, which were only discovered after an abandoned megaship arrived at the Chukchan system. The Alliance Expeditionary Pack's initial plans are to build Betancourt Base Starport in Muscadark region PJ-P, B6-1 and three further outposts. Hanu Arena in Muscadark region IM-V, C2-24, Coal Point in Coalsack Sector VU-0, B6-6, and Bearing Point in Corsac Sector, KN-S, B4-9. Shipments of power generators, robotics, structural, structural regulators and building fabricators are required and can be delivered to the megaship Spirit of NYSA in the Muscov Dark Region PJP B6-1 system. The more commodities that are supplied, the more outposts will be upgraded to starports and the greater the range of services they will offer. Should everything go to plan, they will be in place for the 26th of November 3306. Commodore Morag Halloran of the Allied Defence Force discussed security arrangements. We anticipate a heavy Thargoid presence within the Corsac Nebula. Therefore, it is a strategic necessity that we act now to curtail the threat to future exploration. Independent pilots and anti-Xeno squadrons can serve the Alliance by focusing their efforts on the Corsac Sector KN-SB4-9, Corsac Sector VU-OB606, Dash six, Muscadark Region IM V C two twenty four and Muscadark Region PJ P B six one systems, which will host the new structures. If successful, Sirius Atmospherics, in conjunction with the Sirius Corporation, is offering the top twenty five percent of pilots of both EGs a fully engineered long range fast boot size five. FSD, which will be placed in storage in the spirit of NYSA by the 21st of November 3306. To be eligible for rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in power generators, robotics, structural regulators and building fabricators, or handing in combat bonds at spirit of NYSA in the Muscadark region PJ. PB6-1 system. And that's it for this week's CG News. Blossy told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. They look like fun, but I'm afraid that my Asp Explorer, the Lonely One, is preparing to go off in search of worlds anew to help with going for gold too. There'll be no Borzak and the Colsack anytime soon. Now, I suppose we should let the apology officer out of a well-padded cell to deliver the stream of unconsciousness that is the Hutton Sports Report. But before that, we have the first in what TV stations call a limited series. 
Commander Chicks has been kind enough to send in some useful guidelines for those of you planning to set off into the black for the first time in aid of going for gold too. Take it away, Commander Chicks. Good evening, truckers, and welcome to the first in a series of Exploration Tips and Tricks with Commander Chicks. In a couple of days, I'm going to be back in the bubble after spending two and a half years out in the black. And since Alvin has noticed that the Hutton Squadron trophy cabinet is a bit light on, well, trophies, and has decided that we are going for gold part deux, I thought I'd share a few bits and pieces of hard-won advice on how to make credits from exploration. This week, I'd like to talk about exploration ships and where to go in them. Before you groan at the prospect of 10 minutes of frameshift drive specifications, how to shave off two tonnes of fuel mass and add half a light year to your jump range, rest easy. I'm going to leave that to the multitude of YouTube videos, guides and excellent third-party tools already out there. Firstly, let's dispel the myth that you need a super lightweight, paper-thin, fully engineered, Guardian-enhanced Explorer Conda. You don't. If you have one, that's great, but with a few exceptions you can happily gather exploration data with pretty much any ship in the game. If I had to pick a top three in increasing price range, the first two are easy, as the clue is in the name. The Diamondback Explorer, then the Asp Explorer. Thirdly, and for me at least, it would have to be the Anaconda. Whichever ship you fly, and whatever its jump range, remember that neither of those things matter not one jot to how much you will earn from exploration. That, my brother truckers, depends on where you go and what you scan. Which commander type are you? There are two types of explorers in the galaxy. There are the jump honk scan repeat merchants that rack up tens of thousands of light years every week, rushing about the galaxy, honking everything and mapping little. And then there are those commanders that glide serenely along, economically jumping to the next closest system, doing proper exploring, hoovering up credits like autumn leaves. This goes back to my point about exploration ships. Unless you were going into the sparse regions at the edges of the galaxy, you really don't need a huge jump range. Okay, I fly a 73 plus light year engineered stripped down anaconda, but before you all cry hypocrite, my average jump distance is only 37 light years, only half my jump range, and that's across 25,000 jumps. Whichever ship you choose, Make sure you fit a decent frameshift drive, let's say more than 35 light years jump range is preferable, a discovery surface scanner and a large fuel scoop. Recommended optional extras are a surface reconnaissance vehicle and a small shield for bumpy landings, but ditch the weapons. So where should we go you ask? Exploration commanders should ignore the advice of the surly landlord of the slaughtered lamb in an American werewolf in London and most definitely stay off the road. Do you find that you choose a destination, say Sagittarius A-Star, Colonia or a Nebula, head for it then find every system has been discovered previously? That's because every Tom, Dick and Commander Harriet has previously had the same thought. Third party tools such as ED Astro will show you a heat map of regions that have been visited previously. Choose lesser travelled routes off the beaten path and stay well above or below the galactic plane by 100 light years or more and you'll notice how many systems are still undiscovered, even close to the bubble. Only last week I found 8 undiscovered Earth-like worlds in 5 days, only 5,000 light years from the bubble, but 100 light years below the galactic plane. The point is that you don't need to go to the edge of the galaxy to make exploration credits. There are thousands of undiscovered systems just outside the bubble. Only 0.05% of the systems in the galaxy have been visited. 
By all means, make some long jumps to get away from pirates and into virgin territory, but you don't need to go that far out of the bubble to make lots of exploration credits. Next time, I'm going to talk about which system types and planets are best to scan and how to triple your exploration credits. So join me, Commander Chicks, next week at the same time, same place, Hot and Radio. Welcome once again to the reality check that is the Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by Hutton Helper, the only helper in the galaxy to come with a photo of David Pearson installed to scare off the trumbles. So, no trick shots, no offside rule applies, and one engineer, one song. This week's events are the Mike Reed's Runaround Gig 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 Go Cup Winners Cup, the Doing the Christmas Shopping Early Like a Freak Trophy, the Supermarket Home Delivery No Alcohol on a Sunday Morning Challenge, the Judge Red I Am The Law Celebrity Pro-Am Charity Shield, the We Come In Peace Shoot To Kill Federal Corvette Demolition Derby, the Dank Gas for the Babble Race Tarmanac Gavna Final. The Mike Reed's Runaround Gear 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 Go Cup Winners Cup was taken this week by Zabadian, who scraped the narrowest of victories over Micro T. The Doing the Christmas Shopping Early, Like a Freak, trophy was won by Christopher Hankey, clone number 2291-B, who managed to edge out Snake Hankey, clone number 1727-A. There was a steward's inquiry into whether either of the hanky clones had washed their hands. They had not. The supermarket home delivery no alcohol on a Sunday morning challenge match was abandoned due to lack of interest. There were no surprises this week in the Judge Dread I Am The Law Celebrity Pro-Am Charity Shield with Alex Zuno taking it for the pro side. I mean, I'm sure Alex is lovely and everything, but do you think one of you that isn't Alex Zuno could have a go at this one for the next week? Please, just for me. Okay. There was a resounding win for speed cuffs this week in the We Come In Peace Shoot to Kill Federal Corvette Demolition Derby. A brave effort from plucky commander Alternerd Tive wasn't enough to make up the gap. The Dank Assay for the Babel Race Tarmanak Gafna final has been postponed until next week as one of the competitors had a bad attack of diarrhea during trampoline training. And so to the classified results. Keep out of the black and into the red, you get nothing in this game for two and a bet. Zebedian, 50. Micro T, 49. Christopher Hankey, 43. Snake Hankey, 38. Montgomery Python, 293. Bograt, 278. Alex Zuno, 311. Attic 2, 53. Speed Cuffs, 49. Alternative, 24. Montgomery Python, 921. Alternative, 346. Obin Saints, 6. Canvas Lang Hibernian, 2. Hutton Academicals, 4. Wise 0855-0714 Harriers, 3. Apollo 17, Gemini 12, Apollo 13 was disallowed. John Wick 1, 2 and 3, the guys who killed John Wick's dogs, nil. 
unless you count the dog and then it was one. So this week, speed cuffs has earned the decal. Could you please contact I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your magnificent prize, which we'll send as soon as our email emerges from lockdown. Well, it's been a slow week for the Hutton route. I am told that there are roadblocks in progress and that a forest of road cones has forced everyone to go the long way round. Granted, there is no road, but this would go some way to explaining why none of the four Hutton runners this week managed to get under 1 hour 25 minutes. You're going to have to accelerate early, break late, and to get anywhere near Break Brett River Boat's record of 1 hour 22 minutes and 31 seconds. Maybe get Dom Toretto to tune up your ship for you. If you're locked down, locked up, locked in, locked out, or are otherwise incarcerated, then why not while away the hours with Hutton Helper and show these guys how it's done? Just go to hot.fathermug.com and download the register for the Hutton Helper. You could be a winner on next week's sports report and win a Hutton decal for your ships, just like the one all the cool kids have. Let's face it, it's got to be better sitting around eating Doritos in your pants at half past two in the afternoon. And that's the Hutton Sports Report. Thank you very much, Apology Officer. It's very nearly time for the Galnet Food Digest, um, all about uh, a rare good from Vega. But first, and this is a special one, um, it's a recording back from 2015. In fact, it's from uh, Dockers Live, I think, in 2015, featuring uh, a cast of many, many whom you'll recognise, including Commander Penfold. Soon everyone will appreciate the ginger magnificence that is the glorious John Stabler. <laughs> He's here, I can see him. The stand is now closed. The FART show is filling up nicely, and customers are waiting, are visiting the stands from all over the galaxy. We join John Stabler of Lave Radio fame as he attempts to join up in a quest to leave his legacy to the galaxy. And you say, by joining you, my name will live on amongst the stars forevermore? We operate on a first-come, first-served basis. Everyone who makes a donation and signs up will be rewarded in this life and the next for generations to come. That sounds ideal. And all I have to do is pay 50 credits and sign here, right? Are you well, sure I'm cut, out to I'm, I'm cut out to donate? Well, you certainly are distinguished enough. You do have the hair for it. You say that you have a record of public speaking. I've hosted lay radio. You really think I have the hair? People will be drawn in by that, do you think? What about all the other features? The arms, the legs, the slightly camp way I walk? <laughs> well, we've had lots of people sign up because of their unusual features. You do know people who are special or have a bit different than they usually find their way here and sign up. I always knew I was special. <laughs> we do have an online facility where you can check on your donations and pledge if you're feeling generous. Online wanking. Oh, I like the idea of that too, yeah. I think this is a service for me. John, John, I will follow you anywhere. Where do I sign? We'll just sign here and we will get you a robe and special book. If you just place your donation in the jar, you'll be fitted out with what be ideal. I hope you don't expect me to fill that jar. That's a lot of donation. 
we ask all our donors to make a, whatever contribution they can, small or large. Of course, we prefer the large donation. A donation that large must have taken a lot of board. <laughs> <laughs> so you've all had experience of this yourselves, then? I've been here for many years, and I have become very happy. Everyone is a brother here. Oh, wow. So it's like cloning, then. That's even better. Thousands of stablers roaming the universe. Sign me up now. No, 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 no. Me first, me first. Finally, we can be together forever, John. Okay, what's this here? I hereby agree to sign, to join the Supreme Order of Van Manden's Star and become a silent monk until the day I die or the day I graduate to the Holy Order of the Jumper. Signed, Viger. There, that's done. Oh, monk. Shit. No, I've got that wrong. I thought this was... Oh... Monk donation? Nothing to do with registration for the site of sperm bank there, the serious sperm bank there. What? I'm not going if John isn't going. What are you doing? No, leave my ginger wig alone. Ah, oh, where are you taking me? You, you can't do this. Take him away and make sure he remains silent. Push his face into a bowl of cheesy watches and offer his resistance. <laughs> On the other side of the arena, the staff at Barnard Station are having a great time, enjoying all the sights and sounds of a good fart. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. This week, the rare item that we'll be trying can only loosely be described as food. It's technically classed as a medicine, but as you can eat it, it's rare and most definitely extremely dangerous, I'll be giving it a try. We've headed to the Vega system. The first challenge was to obtain the permit, which is only available from the Federation. As you arrive, the first thing that strikes you is how beautiful the main star is. A white, V-class, scoopable, visible from Earth at only 25 light-years distant, it once held the honour of being the North Star in antiquity, a state that will be reclaimed in a little under 11,000 years. This week's rare is sold from Taylor City, orbiting the rocky Popov reward. It's actually harvested from an Earth-like world in system, Tracy's Haven. Reading the literature, literature on the system, the guidebook says, very high humidity and native life make this an interesting place to visit. Many exotic foodstuffs are grown here. The scenery is strikingly beautiful, though the wildlife can be a little dangerous. Was known in ancient times as three alpha lirae. The system has a population of over 600 million people and the planet grows all manner of exotic foodstuffs. It's not those we're here to try, but Vega slimweed, flowering only every five years or so before dying. It is very rare and due to its modern designation as a medicine, expensive to obtain. When discovered, it was initially thought to be a plant, leafy and bearing fruits that are, for want of a better description, like sweet corn in appearance at the base of the leaves. Early adventurers, Part of an ongoing theme in our research, promptly ate the slimweed, declaring it delicious raw. 
It was only in the week afterwards that they started to discover the side effects of including slimweed in their diets. No matter how much they ate, they weren't putting on any weight after their long journey through space, and in some cases, even lost some quite significant amounts. After medical checks, they all appeared healthy. Their bodies had the right mix of vitamins and minerals, it's just that there was less of it. Their food intake on this lush world was high. The native foods are abundant in all the essential ingredients to eat like a king. And eat like that they did. Even after the initial season of the slimweed had ended and they'd not eaten any for an, an awful long time, did they start to worry? It turns out that slimweed isn't actually a plant, but a parasite. It lodges inside the intestines leaves lining, in, lining the way and, and absorbing a high proportion of the foods that pass through anyone's system. It's slow growing, but through its own processes, regularly creates fresh slim, slim weed corn kernels to expel the excess. It is beneficial to the body as it is highly efficient at extracting and passing into the bloodstream of its host many of the nutrients needed to remain healthy, only keeping a portion for itself but it rejects much of the food that passes it. Talking of passing, as with sweet corn, the kernels that don't latch on or are created in the body do pass. A few to start with, but the more you eat, the more it produces. Corn with every movement. Disconcerting to say the least that with no corn in, corn comes out. The parasite is one of the hardiest that humanity has come across. And today, one of the more benevolent. It provides a level of immunity to biological poisons and toxins unrivaled even by medical science. And as long as you carry on eating, it renders its host almost impervious to weight gain. Eat a dozen donuts for an afternoon tea every day, or deep fried everything with a sauce for nearly every meal. You'll maintain your athletic spacefaring figure almost indefinitely. It's very, hard to remove from the body. But there are deeply unpleasant medical cocktail combinations that will do the job and purge you thoroughly. And despite the positive effects of the symbiotic relationship, purging is most definitely something that you will want to do. There is one very nasty side effect of the slim weed. Every five years or so, the parasite pupates. Quite literally, alien life will grow inside you and devour you from the inside as the next stage of the life cycle of the slimweed starts. It begins with extreme hunger pangs that you can't get rid of before becoming the most dreadful stomach cramps, followed by an exceedingly painful and violent death reminiscent of the very worst of 20th century horror films. So trust me, purge like you've never purged before. Galactic TV starlets throughout the galaxy foolishly put themselves through this cycle of slim weed and purge every few years in a vain effort to make themselves adhere to some archaic social norm. Rich Imperials use it to keep themselves svelte despite bacchanalian orgies night after night. There are genuine medical uses for those that need it. I've noticed the effects already. My flight suit is a little baggier around the edges, despite having sampled just about every food on offer on this world. I feel healthy and well-fed, 
But there's a lingering doubt in my mind. The doctors who have allowed me to try it, for it's not wildly available and should really only be eaten under the supervision of a qualified practitioner. Well, they say I'll be perfectly fine after a purge, though I'll have a certain anxiety about what happens every time I get a stomach cramp in the future. I mean, did it work? Am I about to have my insides rearranged to my outsides? This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet News uh, Food Digest. I'm about to drink my second purgative, just in case. And I can tell you for free that nothing is worth this. It smells of yak armpit hair and tastes even worse. I'd like to remind everyone that you're fine just the way you are. And please don't mess with this stuff. I've eaten it and I've given you a warning. So you most definitely don't have to. Thank you very much, Amelia. My goodness, that's got to give you worrying moments, doesn't it? Dude, yak armpit hair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you've had the stuff, but I mean, you know, next time you go a bit sort of gurgly after a dodgy kebab, you'll be thinking, you know, was it not cooked properly, or am I about to have some kind of chest bursting, belly bursting monster <laughs> sort of destroy me? Um, I've seen the movies. I know what's going to happen. Well, yeah. Believe- so, go ahead, go on. I'd- I believe the dodgy kebab is one of the purgatives to get rid of the, the uh, slim weed. Oh, no, but dodgy kebabs are tasty, really. Oh, no, they taste like dodgy kebabs. Well, they do if you're sober. Oh, yeah. If, you, if you've had a couple of beers, they are like food from the heavens somewhere. They really are. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean these, these things that you go and try, Amelia, I mean, obviously, the, I mean, the slim weed, I mean, it, it clearly works, but, but why would you want to? Well, I I do it so that, you know, um, other people don't have to. Yeah, I mean, there are people that choose to do this and then, then have the purgative and then do it again five years later, then have the purgative to try and maintain some kind of ridiculous figure. I mean, you've seen the hollow me systems are all stuck on, you know, slim. Yeah. I mean, there isn't one. There isn't one that looks like me. There, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> there, you can't do it. I've pushed. I've pushed the fatometer all the way up, and it doesn't go anywhere near. It me. just makes your chin chubby. Yeah. That's all it does, oh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 And d- did you see that picture? The picture of the slimweed. I know it looks a bit like sweet corn, but if you zoom in, the sweet corn. There are eyes. It's got little beady eyes. Yes, eyes. And and it's one thing. I I mean I don't want to be indelicate, but it's one thing when you're in a in a bathroom and you're about to push a certain lever and you and you've been having sweet corn and that's it's one thing that looking up at you. What you don't want is something that blinks. No, that's just that's just that's just not good. So, so and it, vac- does, it does yeah. raise the question as well: as why does it have eyes? It spends all of its time in your digestive tract. There's nothing to see there. But they are a sort of adorable, cute little eyes. Well, yeah, it could be an evolution. Maybe, maybe they see us through the weeds. Oh. oh no! Oh, and if it doesn't see you through the week, it'll see you through the window. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's here maybe, week, maybe, for, maybe, maybe it's for after it comes out. I, I have no idea. No, I mean, oh. find its I, next victim. I don't know. 
I mean, you imagine that first set of colonists, they, they get down there, oh, look, it's corn, munch, 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 and, you know, sort of build their little colony and, you know, harvest all these wonderful foods. And then five years later, I mean, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even occur to you, oh, it was that meal I had five years ago. Yeah. Well, that's the reason for the eyes right there. It pupates and turns into something completely different that does need eyes. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, once it's got out, it's got to find a way to devour people or, or, or do other bad things. But I mean, these these things that are declared as rares. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure they're all entirely a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the ways that you could have been killed in the last I don't know how many weeks you've been doing this, Amelia. There well, the, are the galaxy is a dangerous place. Giant beasts and mushrooms that will take over your brain, and there are killer rabbits and 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 you know there's there's berry bushes that will try and sort of entrap you and and slowly devour you. There's I mean, crikey. Can't I mean, we just I, have a nice fish and chips or something? It's not gonna, <laughs> imagine it's like, it's like still living shark and chips that's going to jump off your plate and chew your arm off or something. I do it all for our listener. <laughs> just, yes. I have you no don't idea do it for the money. Mean. I mean, there, there, is, there is one that I, I, we haven't sent you to, to have yet. And I, I'm just, oh my goodness, when I have to write that one with you and, and you know, put, it, put the recipes in front of you. And then what you go through with that, well, I just, oh my goodness. I'm not you sure I'm going to be able to keep a straight you face. Sadist. Well, but look, well, thank you very much to the Galnet Food Digest team. And terribly sorry, <clears throat> the script there with the uh, the slight trip up I put in the end there. I think obviously the the corn was getting getting to me or to you or to somebody. But yes, the Galnet, the Galnet Food Digest is a legitimate part of the Galnet Digest group as run by Commander Wotherspoon and as Yay. ably assisted by um, Commander Beetlejude as well. Yay! We're getting quite the collection of voices now, aren't we? With, with Chicks, and obviously we've got the whole radio team, but we've, we've got Chicks sending in stuff. We've had Hackswing come back. Um, we, I mean, we have all sorts of submissions. It's, it's quite nice to hear so much from the community. Always space for new voices, though. Yeah. Voices in space. Oh, now hmm. the other we're talking about voices in space. Quickly before we go, it's still Smashdown Day, and I know you know Palantir oh, yeah. has told me don't talk about things that nobody has an idea what you're talking about. So we're, we're going to we're going to begin from the beginning on this one. <laughs> Smashdown Day. We're not going to spoil it for anybody, but it's a thing, isn't it? Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, I had, I had my Smashdown Day today. You did. Um, yes, yeah, so there, there, is, there is an author, Mr. Mr. Barry J. Hutchison, who writes a series of books, which we have in the library at, at Hutton Orbital, called Space Team, which are very silly, very, very, very funny. In fact, the audiobooks are exceptional, narrated by Phil Thron as well. And we always Uncle heartily... Phil. Yeah, Uncle Phil. We always heartily recommend them to, to anybody who turns up at the Orbital if they're staying for a while. Just just read these books or listen to the audiobooks. They're very, very good. Anyway, um, Barry has done a couple of fun bits for the show in the past with Phil as well. They did a broadcast that we did at the start of a show as well. Um, and um, he, during lockdown, has been trying to help out his local bookstore. He, he, he lives in deepest, darkest Scotland somewhere. And obviously the, the local bookstore that helped him launch his writing career, both as Barry J. Hutchison and J.D. Kirk, because he has a, a nom de plume as well. And the bookstore's mm -hmm. been having a terrible old time because they keep having to shut. And, of course, being in the, the arse end of nowhere, also known as Scotland, they don't exactly get very much I passing. I tell you. <laughs> passing Never been insulted in my life. So he said, look, they've got a few of my books in. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write personalised messages on the inside to you lot, um, to, to people who, you know, have got his books. These are first edition copies, and I'll, I'll, I'll put messages to all of you in them. And I'll, I'll post them out. But the deal is you've got to buy them from the bookstore, not from other online 
people as well to try and yeah. help you know keep his local bookstore afloat, which is absolutely admirable in these times, and fair play to him for doing so. But so a load of us went and placed the orders. I think the Winging Pom, one of our regulars as well, has, has also signed up. Commander Wotherspoon possibly, uh, Commander Claire Helen, you, me, all sorts yes. of people. I think Snoz has even bagged one as well with custom mm-hmm. messages on the inside. We've even bagged one for ECM next year to give to give away with a special message from one of the characters to Hutton, which is probably oh, very yeah. offensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Smash, Smashdown Day, and we're not going to spoil it by telling you why Smashdown is important. I think you have to read to about book six or seven to find out what Smashdown Day is, don't you? Oh, yeah. And once you know what Smashdown Day is, you'll know that this but is Smashdown, Smashdown Day. Day is the day that the book arrived. Yours has arrived and my courier's yes. eaten mine. I think mine probably had not as far to go as yours. No, possibly, possibly not. Um, but yeah, I, I think either my courier's eaten it or it's just a lot further from, you know, where it was to where it is than it is mm. now. But no, a hearty, hearty recommendation for everybody um, to to go and have a look at these books. And also, I really ought to be fair to the bookstore as well, shouldn't I? To um, to actually give them a name check to help keep oh, them yeah. afloat if you're into your books. So give me one second just to look up the name of the bookstore too. I think it's the Highland Bookstore. It, I, you know what, the Highland Bookshop in Fort William. There we go. Yes. And I'm going to paste a link into the chat channel. Um, that if anybody and is interested in a very, very silly book and to help keep an independent bookshop open, then what you do is you go to this link here, which I've pasted into chat. Uh, I think it's all of £8.99. pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you put, I think they've got about 50 left of the first editions in when you do the message to seller, you put a little dedication in there. Um, then Barry will sign it as long as he hasn't run out of the, the, the first editions by then and then send you your own copy and just trust us, just trust us, read it. <laughs> and some mm-hmm. of the J.D. Kirk crime fiction books are actually set in Fort William as well. There you go. There I you hear go. it's a nice place. Uh, I've never been. I think the, the Harry Potter Express goes by that way though. Pillbox says it's beautiful. And Pillbox wouldn't lie to us. More no, than no, no, Pillbox wouldn't, wouldn't lie. Yeah, Pillbox was dreadfully honest about selling all his data on the wrong week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to, to, to read the descriptions you know, the, to, for the book, small-time con man Cal Carver is having a bad day. Imprisoned and forced to share a cell with a cannibalistic serial killer, Cal thinks things can't possibly get any worse. He is wrong. It's not until <laughs> two-thirds of the human race is wiped out and Cal is mistakenly abducted by aliens that his day really starts to go downhill. I think that sums it all up, really, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it yeah. goes downhill from there. Um, and if you like Hutton, if you like Dockers, if you like all the kind of nonsense we get up to, it's along the same kind of lines. It is just silly. Yeah, it's the same yeah. sense of humour. Yep. So, uh, that. Um, well, there you go. I've put, I've put the link in the chat. If anybody's got the pennies free, help out a bookshop, and you'll get a good book at the end of it, signed, signed by the author as well, who's a, who's a lovely chap. So, um, yeah. Other than that, um, Team Flossie. Do you have anything else to add for this week? Um, not a, nothing I can think of, really. Are, are you going to be doing some of this CG action? Yes. Or are you exactly. doing the explorey action for going for gold? It's gold well, for some I'm, more. <laughs> I'm trying to do a bit of both, but I, w- I do want to do the CG because I quite fancy this uh, FSD. Because that's double engineered, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but I didn't even didn't even know there was such a thing. But yeah, it's quite yeah. It sounds oh, quite there, nice. There isn't. It's a one-off. The only thing yeah. is, I'm not so sure about the the fast boot because it's not fast charging. It's fast boot, isn't it? It did say at first fast boost, but ah. that was a mistake. It's, yeah, it's a, fa- fast a fast boot. boot. So if if fast you have boot. to reboot it because somebody shut it down or you turn it off and on again, then it, yeah. it comes online quicker. If you're yeah. one of these people who turns it off in combat, 
to be able to use more power and use bigger weapons and things, then it's handy because when you turn it on, it comes on quicker and you can run away. No, that's not something I'd be using. Bravely no, brave, Sir Ronnie. <laughs> but engineered. Yeah, yeah, I did oh, do no, he's back. I did do a bit of combat this week. Oh, <laughs> well, what? what? Never cease. For Flossie 2 has been trying to get the FSD booster. Oh, yeah. And up to now, I've always done it with help from other people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this time I thought, I'll, well, I'll go and get the uh, the mats ready. I've got everything ready. And then someone was going to help me possibly after at the weekend. But I thought, well, I'll have a, I'll have a go. I've got a bit, bit more idea what I'm doing now. So yeah. I kept shooting these sentinels as they were appearing. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I started looking for the pylons to charge them up. I was like, right, I had a map I was following, you know, going down mm-hmm. the map. And I finally managed to get them all charged up and Yay. go for the orb. And so I did Those... it all myself. Those sentinels aren't so tough when you square up to them. When you stand up to those sentinels, they're not so tough. No, they're not, are they? No. Yeah. <laughs> On Flossy 2, my combat was 8% harmless. It's now something like 70, I think. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And always remember, put a a point defence cannon on the top of your ship. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have one, yeah. Yeah, that helps with the missiles. So, um, (laughs) then, apology officer, what are you Mm -hmm. going to be doing over the next week, between now and the next show? Are you going for gold? I am going for gold. Well, we've got the event tomorrow. That's a kind of going for gold event because it's getting people out of the bubble and doing a bit of ex- exploration. And are you going um, on? A, are you going on a fleet carrier? Uh, no, no, I'm there. I'm oh, there. you're there. But are, are any of the night. team bringing a fleet carrier over? It can anyone hitch a lift or? Um... Uh, no, you don't want to be hitching a lift. You want to be jumping system to system, picking up exploration data as you go. There you go. That's just what we wanted um, to hear. And once we've done that, um, I am heading off to Evelyn's Light, which is one of the systems that Frontier added. Um, so that's about a 20,000 light year uh, journey. And you're going to what, honk, jump, colonia. honk, jump and, and find all the Earth-likes on? Yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Scan, looking for Earth-likes, water worlds. I've already found about eight water worlds that, that haven't been claimed. So Fantastic. they're mine now. Um, and I'm just going to do that over. That takes me near to Colonia. And then I can come back, stay off the beaten track, but head back and maybe stop at the abandoned settlements and the conflux on my way home. Sounds good, and you'll be back in time to hand it all in to help um, Hotbox with their trophy effort. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't take long. Yeah. And Palantir, how about you? I mean, I did hear that you were polishing your asp, ready for jumping. Yes. Well, yes, um, uh, as regular listener will know, I really haven't had any time to get uh, in-game for a very long time, since about March, to be honest. But to, yesterday I did get into my Python, fly across to where my asp was, to get all the dust off of the dashboard, and I, my explore asp is getting ready to go. So I'm going to try and find some time. Ooh, and are you going to be using one of these sort of hundred by hundred light year grids that was um, that's posted up on the Hutton Facebook when page? I work out you... what the, when I work out how it works, yeah, I just set off and have a go and try and do some stuff. And yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the, I think with exploring, it, it shouldn't just be about making money, even though it's that's good for us and the gold. I think you have to temper that with just looking at the beauty of everything that's out there. Oh, and just yeah. hang about and have a look for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And, and talking about somebody who hangs about and has a look, usually at a rock shortly before she detonates it. Amelia and, and you, are you <laughs> going to try some exploring and, and lend a hand this week? 
Um, I wish I could, but I can't. I'm currently in the process of helping newbies to the game come to grips with controls and everything. Um, so when I do get some free time, it's probably going to be spent mining. Well, I mean, you could always persuade them to install a ship's parrot. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as heard earlier in the show, you can actually get older that. <clears throat> all of £2.99, pennies, I think. Cheapest chips. Yeah, and, and he'll he'll make all sorts of commentary as you fly your ship. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, you can actually eject the parrot as well, just in case it upsets you. Uh, Palantir, I believe you've recently acquired a parrot for your ship as well. I, I have, because obviously I get lonely out there and... Well, I haven't got my puncture repair kit with me anymore, so I'm just going to uh, stick with the parrot. <clears throat> yeah. Well, look, um, other than that, yeah, we're going to be getting on with our exploring and CGs and teaching newbies and all, all the usual stuff. And we will be back next week at 8.30 galactic time, also known as 8.30 in the UK. I have no idea how to translate that to Canadian and everything else time as well, like our, our French friends earlier. But it's 8.30 game time, and it, as it will be until next spring, I believe. Um, so other than that, it remains for me to say thank you very much to all our contributors. Thank you very much to our listener for uh, coming to join us as well. Um, it will be available if you've missed some of the show. I noticed the Announcer UK did did turn up. I think you turned up at the end, the Announcer UK. Um, but the rest of the show will be available on YouTube within, I'd say within 24 hours or so, depending on how fast the upload goes. And we will paste up some links to it. And then... We'll probably find that Norman will do his magic work and put it into the radio rotation and up on our media.forthemug.com website as well. Thank you very much to, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice, Eddie Lee Wise this evening, or Eddie Lee Wise Jr., depending on how he's feeling. And uh, we hope his keys get returned to him sometime soon. So the only remaining thing to say is... Uh, what is it, Amelia? <clears throat> For the mug! For the mug, For everybody! The mug. For the mug! Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Journey too long, a cargo too small Profit margins never really mattered at all Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere Loading all the teen out to the brim With the rest for the more for the more, for the more, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more, yeah, everybody's seen a trucker song. Flossie always seems to crash into the sun Skibble likes to pile it on the Xbox One Having out the free, you know, leads us well Truck across the galaxy, now everybody yeah For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from 
for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the trucker song for the more, for the more. You know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the trucker song. Give me a large path that I can land on And I'll give you cargo and sing you my song No point twenty-two light years to go Cruising to work Journey too long No cargo too small The profit margins never really mattered at all Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere So shout it out loud like you don't even care For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the trucker's song For the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more Everybody sing the trucker's song